doing it like that night last night I found myself asking myself a question and that question was I don't want to say stop believing but um like, well, when did you stop not looking for just the, the, the supernatural supernatural moves of God? Amen. And sometimes I feel like um, we come into church, we come into this house trying to get our fix. Amen. You know. But does it look like does it look like this Monday through Saturday? Are you crying? Are you screaming? Are you shouting? Are you praising Monday through Saturday? Or do we come into the house and then we try to say, come on, God, move. Amen. Amen. So as I deliver this word on today, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm um, you know, God is good. I'm faithful. Honestly, I do not feel at my best. That's why I say, Lord, move me out of the way. Amen. And just lay out. I'm praying that the word be for me as I'm preaching it. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm praying that as, as, as I speak and, you know, as I'm yet speaking and as I go back and just listen to this, that God has something for me. Amen. Because I need something for me. Amen. Um, on this Sunday, I'm going to be once again in the, in the book of Zechariah, and this is going to be my last message in this series. And we know that we've been dealing with this with this idea of vision. Um, and so you can remain seated, and I'm going to start reading in Zechariah 6, verses 1 through 5. And it reads, I had another vision. This time I saw four chariots coming out from between two bronze mountains. The first chariot was pulled by red horses, the second by black horses, and the third by white horses, and the fourth by dappled horses. Then I asked the angel, sir, what do these chariots mean? He answered, these are the four winds, and they have just come from the presence of the Lord of all the earth. And so in my preparation, the first word that stood out to me was chariots. I researched chariots. I began to read that chariots are vehicles that are normally used for warlike purposes. Sometimes, though, but rarely, it is spoken of or used for peaceful purposes. But more than anything, the general consensus was that when you see chariots in the Bible, God is on the move. He's moving with purpose. Even he's sending angels to move with purpose. Or he is getting ready to bring forth a move of God. 
And so the one thing that I want you all to take from um, this series, if you haven't taken anything else, you would, you would normally notice that in all of these visions, at some point, God is saying, I'm searching the earth. Like I am looking, I am sending, I am moving, I am looking. So once again, in this vision, God is sending these four chariots that have come from the presence from the Lord, and they are looking. They are searching the earth. And I want y'all to know on today that God is on the move. And I truly believe that when I say he's on the move, this move of God that he's doing in this season, he's searching and he is looking for his people. Because I got to let y'all know everybody that is called by his name does not belong to him. And when I say he's searching, right, I'm not excluding myself, right? I feel like that's how I feel in this moment. I feel like he's searching me. He's trying to make sure that the things that I say I believe are actually what I believe. He's trying to, he's searching me to see if the person that I say I am is the person that I truly am. He's moving. He's moving in this earth. And as you go on in that chapter, the next thing that happens after this vision, after this vision is explained to Zechariah is he instructs, he instructs these people to go. He says, I need you to go visit these four men. I need you to get some gold and silver and get some resources from these men. And I need you to make a crown for Joshua, the high priest. Right. And as I was reading, as I was studying, continuing on into this morning, here is the thought. Right. God is looking for you. My question is, where will he find you? He's searching. He's looking. He's testing hard. He's trying us with different situations. He's trying us in our grief. He's trying to see how we're going to deal with success. He's trying to see how we're going to deal with our marriage. He's trying to see how we're going to deal with our money. He's trying to see how we're going to deal with friendships and singleness and marriage and relationships and all these things that we've been studying. He's searching the earth and he's trying to see how we're going to handle it all. And so he's looking for you. And the question is, where will he find you? Where will he find you? And as you read that, if, if I was to continue on with the sixth, the sixth verse in that chapter, it's a part of it where it says one of these group of horses, it, it was said they were impatient. They were so ready to go and do what God had called them to do. And I want to let y'all know that God and the things of God are excited and they are ready concerning you. They are ready. They are searching. They are seeking out. The question is, are you attempting to hide? And I just began to think about all of the people that try to hide from God's presence, whether, whether it's like a Cain and Abel situation, whether it's a Jonah type of situation. But God gave me this thought. He says, when people love you, they seek you out. When people love you, they seek you out. And that's why I read Matthew, right? Jesus, God is willing to leave the 99 that he has to go find the one that is lost. So because he loves us, he tries to seek us out. And it's the same thing in the world. When we love God, we seek him out. We don't try to hide from him, right? We get excited about the fact that he's looking. When people love you, they seek you out. 
They seek you out in their prayers. Even when you are away, even when you're separated from the body, when you love somebody, they are constantly on your mind. You seek them out with your prayers. You seek them out in your thoughts. You enjoy their company. You consider them. You are concerned about them. You want to see them and you want to be seen by them. And I begin to realize, right, so many of us are hiding in plain sight. We come into the house, right? We come into the house, but we don't, we don't, we're not seeking out the move of God. We ain't seeking it out for real. And that's why I ask you, what is this like? We can come in here and we can shout and we can, we can plead and we can cry out to the Lord. But what does it look like Monday through Saturday? Right. Do you do you have that same sound in your own house? Do you have do you do you hit your face? Do you kneel somewhere in your own house? Right. When you love somebody. You seek them out. You look for them constantly. You want them to see you and you want to see them. And I also have in my notes, y'all, all this was coming to me this morning, that there is, a, there is an element of sacrifice that's connected to love. When you love somebody, you're willing to give up something for them. And I'm beginning to realize that all of these people that say they love God, they're not really, they're not really willing to make a sacrifice. And that's why I say he's seeking you out, but where will he find you? If he's seeking you out and say, daughter, I got something for you to do. What if he finds you all the way somewhere you're not supposed to be? Right? If you want to move of God, you got to be where God is. You're not going to feel a move of God if you're not. And you can't wait till you get here to say, God, move. When the production and the performance of church is done, love keeps going. Right? When we step in this house, it shouldn't be a, a performance for God. It should not be, God, look at me. Look, look, look how yearn, how earnestly I, I'm searching God for you, right? <laughs> but then after we sing Hosanna and we walk out. It's back to business as normal. That love got to keep going. The search got to continue when service is over. So in Zechariah 6 and 11, when they instruct the people to make a crown out of silver and gold, it says make a crown out of silver and gold they have given. It's talking about these four men. And put it on the head of the high priest Joshua. And, and I, be, I, I have here, I say, I realize that sometimes these names and these titles and these visions might be confusing, but I want to make something clear with the conclusion of this series that God is searching, he sees, and he's calling. If y'all don't get nothing else from the series, I want y'all to know that God is calling you. Like I told y'all, I think I said last Sunday, when I first started, I thought about this, this series was about us looking out, trying to say, God, give us a vision. Mm -hmm. 
But really what the series is about is God is looking at us. He says, make this crown, put it on the high priest, and this is what I want him, this is what I want you to tell him, Zechariah. He says, tell him, this is the 12th verse, tell him that the Lord Almighty says, the man who is called the branch will flourish where he is and build the Lord's temple. And this is a reference to that idea in John 15 that we got to be connected to God. So God is speaking to all his high priests. He's speaking to his people. He's speaking to this chosen generation. He's speaking to y'all. He's speaking to so-called Christians, right? He says that in order to flourish, you got to be connected to the branch because this branch is going to build a temple where he is. He's not going to build a temple where you are. He's going to build a temple where he is. So if you want to become something that God can abide in and be worshipped in, you have to be where he is. You got to seek him out. And sometimes I feel like we are we are cry like we cry out like saying, God, come see about us. We want him to search us out. And God been like, He's like Matthew 18. He said, I've been searching y'all out. You wouldn't still be here if I wasn't looking for you. When are you going to look for me? He said, I've I've been willing to lead a 99 to come get you. Y'all keep crying out, you know, God, come see about me. He said, when you going to see, when are you going to see about me? When are you going to be concerned about me? That 13th verse says, he is the one who will build it and receive the honor to a king, and he will rule his people. Right? Ain't nothing in your life going to be built if God don't do it. It says he is the one who's going to build it. A lot of us out here trying to build stuff, right? It's going to fail. I began thinking, you know, I don't know where my mind was last night, but I was just thinking like, no matter the amount of, a, of success, it's like, you know, a, a few of our accomplishments might remain on the, on, the, on, the, on the minds of a couple of people. Like I was thinking about like Kobe or, you know, just famous people like Michael Jackson, right? A few of their accomplishments will remain on your mind. Like if you hear a song or you see a highlight tape or it could be a president, whoever, all these people who have fame and fortune, a few of the things that they've done will remain on your minds. But in the bigger scheme of things, you don't think about people when they're gone. You don't. Not on a day-to-day, not a not a constant thought. It's like our lives are a vapor. Nothing but the word is going to last. And so we spend a lot of time trying to build things. But my thing is, Lord, I, I want it to be right. And I thank God for my wife. She is she is constantly encouraging me because she sees like she sees me constantly in this battle with myself to make sure that I'm doing all that I can for the G. She like like you work hard. You a good man, and she thanking me for what I do and all of that. And and I I receive it. And maybe I am beating up on myself, but I gotta do more. That's how I feel. I don't know if that's a right or a wrong feeling, but that's how I feel. 
And it grieves like it grieves me. And I'm learning how to deal with this, too. It grieves me when I see like, you know, when I see others. Not living for God, I don't know no other way to say it or compromising or settling or one foot in the door and one foot out the door. And my intention is is not to judge and not to beat up, but I'm like, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to approach you when I know that ultimately you're not gonna be able to survive if you lukewarm. I don't know what to do with that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to maintain love in a relationship with people that don't want to go where I want to go. And I'm not saying that from a self-righteous position, but I want to go with Jesus. I'm not saying that like I have already arrived, but I'm like, I, I'm going here, right? And I'm reading my word. I'm in it constantly. I'm, I'm searching. I'm seeking. I'm trying to figure out how to be better. And I'm reading all of these things, and I'm seeing that God requires holiness. So when I don't see holiness, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. So that's why I throw myself into teaching. I throw myself into whatever we working on to minister to people. Like I'm trying to find ways to give the gospel to people in a way that is, is truly for that purpose only and not for my own glorification. Because I, I, I realize that if I do it for me to make myself feel better. then people might get saved, but I might go to hell. So whatever I do, that 13th verse is it for me. It says, he is the one that who will build it and receive the honor due to a king. I remember I told y'all about that dream. Some of y'all don't know, but when I was on that Ferris wheel and I was supposed to be delivering Jesus to the top. And when I finally jumped off and realized that I was on the top, Jesus had fell off and I didn't know where he went. I was supposed to be the person that put him on the stage. But when I hopped off and jumped on the stage, Jesus was nowhere to be found. I don't forget stuff like that. And I'm trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, it's, it's, it's like built in our brain not to judge other people. We feel bad like we judge or beating people up. But sin is sin. I don't know what to do with that besides preach about it, talk about it, tell about it. Because that's, guess what God is doing? He's writing it down. He's looking. He's looking. And it ain't no way around. That 14th verse says that this crown that they put on the high priest. And I, I need y'all to know when I say high priest, I'm talking about y'all. The crown that God wants to place on your head is supposed to be a memorial in the Lord's temple. In honor of all those who gave. And so what I mean by that is God is calling and he's looking for people that want to walk with him, that want to serve. And he's going to have other people that believe in you. He's going to have other people to walk with you. That's going to run with you. And when I say run with you, what he's really saying, you're going to have people that you're responsible for. They trusting that you're going to deliver a word. They trusting that you walking in lockstep with God. And I ain't just talking about preachers. I'm talking about your family. You got people that's depending on you. That you're going to walk in lockstep with God. And that crown is supposed to be 
a memorial is supposed to be the sign that these people are connected to you and that they have given. The 15th verse says that these men who live far away will come and help rebuild the temple of the Lord. And when it is rebuilt, you will know that the Lord Almighty sent me to sent me to you. And so when I read that, y'all, and I'm almost done, when I read that is, if you are a high priest and God is crowning you and basically saying, I need you to go out and, and, and do what I have called you to do, then temples should be popping up all around you. Right? Other people should be getting saved all around you. Other people should be coming to knowledge uh, to the knowledge of the Lord all around you. But that last line says this will all happen if you fully obey the commandments of the Lord your God. Only what is done, this is this is me now. This is I'm out of the scripture. Only what is done by and for him will last, y'all. So this whole series, y'all, this whole series, you know, I I believe in, I believe in telling the truth. I, I believe that you can't go wrong with telling the truth. Right? I don't get up here and try to put on no show like it ain't got to be no production. It, it, it ain't got to be perfect. I know sometimes the stuff that I preach be seeming, seeming far out. I, I have to challenge myself in the word like I want to grow. I can't keep reading Matthew in, New, in the New Testament in the parables every Sunday. Like, I get that. I need to challenge myself. I be wanting to know, God, what your whole word say? Amen. Right? So I, I knew, I understand that this particular series in Zechariah with these visions is going to be challenging. I get all of that. But my takeaway is God is searching. And I feel that more than ever in my own life. Like, he's searching me out. Like, I don't, I don't take anything as a coincidence. And the, and the overwhelming feeling that I have, and this is what I'm battling with, the overwhelming feeling that I have right now is as I look out at the world and as I look out at churches and I look out at church people, the overwhelming feeling that I have right now is to run the other way. Run the other way. I want y'all to think about that. And that's why you got to get in your word. You know, we say these things. We, we, we say these things. We, we say things like, um, you know, the devil know the word too. Or the devil don't have horns. He look like angels alike. Right? We, we say we read the scriptures. Right? Why don't we believe? Why don't, why don't we believe that everybody ain't going to make it? It's in there. But our hearts say, oh, don't judge. Have grace. Have mercy. But it's in here. Right? Y'all do know everybody ain't going to make it. It's, and that's why I mean, run the other way. I told, and I thank God for Brother Ryan, and I'm going to be done. I thank God for him. I told him the other day, I said, because he was just asking me, you know, I, I spoke on this last, last Sunday when he, when he was asking me how I was doing. And I was telling him how why, why I'm kind of, 
I'm just kind of so distant and I kind of just do my own thing. Um, and my thing is, I like genuine people. I would rather hang around somebody that ain't all the way right, but they genuine. And I can see that they hard is in a position to turn to God. Then, 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 then to be surrounded by church people who still act like the world. Right? They can be in a position, look like them, talking about them all the time, going to everything that said that has God on it. And I would rather be around somebody that don't know nothing about him, but they hard wants to know, than to be around people that's quoting. And I, and I base that, you know, that might sound like, dang, Pastor. But I, to what I told Brother Ryan, and he said, you said a mouthful. I say, when I look at Jesus, he rolled, he was riding out with 12 people. I say, he would preach, he would speak to the multitude. But whenever he got through saying what he was saying, me and my 12 going back over here. And I said, if that was good enough for him, that's good enough for me. I want y'all to know that he's looking. You would be a fool to see that he, or to think that he doesn't, he, he doesn't understand or recognize your level of devotion to him. You think he don't know whether you're giving your all or not? You think he don't know whether you mean what you say? You think he don't know like when you when you say one thing and but you really mean something else? You think he don't know that? He know. And I'm and, and I'm like, I'm telling y'all this because he, he's seeking you. A lot of times when we think, you know, we when we think when we get called out, like, dang, that make us want to go the other way. When really it should make us want to go toward Jesus. Getting called out should make you want to do something different. And I really feel like he calling me out right now. I know I, I can't verbalize what's wrong with me, but I know I need to do something different. I know I need to do something different. I just got a notification this morning saying your screen time up. Seven hours and some some minutes. I said them seven hours could have been, you know, I might have had about an hour and a half or so many minutes reading my Bible on my screen. But I gotta do something different. I know I gotta do something different.
Very soft sometimes. It's a joy to preach, but it's hard sometimes. 